Taylor Decker's on my all 22 fantasy team, by the way. Stop. Stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor's I don't care, and I'm in the league. I'm just trying to hype up the future of fantasy football here. They told me we could hype it up. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's one of the uh, cardinal my rules way. of broadcasting. Regardless of the medium, they don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right? Your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is gonna it's gonna change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town with goals down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. Welcome into the All 22 podcast. My name is Chris Lombardi, and I'm joined again by my co founder of All 22 at All 22, Ray. Ray, it's awesome to have you. Uh, dead off season time, but we have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, as of May 22nd, we are live for signups. So everybody that's been waiting, thank you all for kind of joining our, our wait list and uh, just kind of getting excited, getting excited out there, ready to sign up. You can now use promo code SEASON2 to get yourself $40 off the first year of All-22. And, Ray, that's only till uh, I think there's like a week left of that, right? June 15th. So June 15th, yeah, to the middle of the month. And that's SEASON2, no space in between. Just SEASON2 as one word, but the number two. So SEASON, the number two, no spaces. Promo code. So you get, yeah, 80% discount, sign up, uh, $9.99 for the year. You get all the premium data that's included in the game. You can join as many leagues as you want, be it a you know startup draft, which is of course the most common. And then uh, if you're looking to you know take on another challenge and maybe take over uh, an existing team, uh, an orphan team that is, and you know just up for kind of a new challenge, and then jump right into a rookie draft as well this summer. We've got some openings. We have people reaching out to us too, saying, "Hey." What can you do to kind of help us out and maybe fill this one opening we've gotten over the off season? Uh, tons of interest there. We we literally have people from like all over the world, like five time zones away, that are saying, "Hey, need someone." I know our time zone is kind of tough, but anyone you know that might be able to take over a team uh, in our league. So yeah, you can sign up now to create your own league, which is what most people do. They create their private league and join with all your friends, which is awesome and great. But uh, you know, also there's some other stuff out there too, where if you're looking for just another challenge, you go through your startup draft and you're like, Hey, I kind of want to continue drafting. Go ahead and jump into a rookie draft, reach out, try to take over an orphan team and go from there. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. And like we said, June 15th is the deadline for our season two promo promo code season, the number two, no spaces. And, uh, yeah, the interest has been great so far. Uh, tons of momentum and love to keep it going. We appreciate the response from all of you guys. It's pretty awesome to see. And like, like Chris said, kind of makes the, uh, those long summer days uh, a little bit easier to, to get through as we just slowly move closer to training camp in the, in the NFL season. If you're sitting at home and your girlfriend or your wife thinks you're like an uncultured swine because you play fantasy football, you know, go sign up for a league with some people in Germany, right? Like, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get some brownie points with her. You know, it gets the conversation started. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah I'm cultured now. I'm, I'm talking to some guy in Germany about uh, right. Robert Hunt and if he's going to continue <laughs> to be, is he going to improve his pass blocking this year? That's Maybe you gonna, learn a that's few German words. It. You learn a few German words. You're in Google Translate. You're sending messages back and forth. You're, you're learning, right? It's a learning experience mm -hmm. now. It's it's not just fantasy football. You're now, you're, you're, you're culturing yourself. Like I can't think of a better way to impress your girlfriend or your wife. Sure. I mean, you let me know how that works and, and, and come back to me and, and then I'll see if I want to try it. <laughs> and then, yeah. So June 15th is the last day for this offer. So 
get in there if you haven't done it yet. And if you're thinking, you know, oh, it's just a, you know, they're bluffing, it'll be back, this discount, I promise you it won't. What you can't tell is Ray and I are actually in a tent right now under a bridge uh, because we're just paying for this All-22 game, making it the best thing we can possibly do. But we, uh, yeah, this, this discount's not going to last forever. Um, so definitely get in there and sign up because uh, we'd love to have you uh, give us a shot. So thank you again, everybody again that already has, and uh, we hope that you've liked the update so far. But let's talk about those updates for a minute, and I want to stick with kind of rookie drafts. You're talking about orphan leagues. There's a lot of leagues available. Maybe somebody didn't decide to sign up again, um, and there's people that are looking for you to go in and play. I think an orphan league is a great way to try something out, right? Because maybe that initial draft is a little, uh, it's a little intimidating for you and you want to get in, you know, just dip your toe in. You don't want to dive in head first. You know, there's no better way than doing a rookie draft. Uh, the, the, you know, your team will already be there. You just add with the rookies and maybe it's, you know, a, a year of that to just get your feet wet. And then you can keep that league, make some friends, like we said, some in Germany. Um, and then, you can you could join another league because the memberships that we do it's all inclusive you can sign up for as many leagues as you want it's not you don't pay for one league and that's it you can join as many leagues as you want so that's our hope we hope that you do that but uh the rookie draft right we've made a ton of updates to the rookie draft the regular draft too but right now i just want to talk about rookie draft so one thing right simple thing we added age to the player information available that's something that i know we've talked about ray cares a lot about right he likes those young guys he likes to see the the age of the players like right there. It was always available in the player card if you click on the player's name, but now it's just that much more front and center available to you right next to snap counts, uh, points, and PFF grades. So all that information will be just that much simpler and easier to access right there for you. Then talk about the queue. So the queue, well, we redesigned that, and it is such a cool experience. We know people like those kind of uh, – the maps, right? Some sites are starting to get these maps. We did one a little bit different and we really like it. But what we decided to show is your position minimums in a different way. So now front and center, you're in a rookie draft, right? Your team's your team's on the My Team page. You don't want to have to go click back and forth. Now it's going to be right there for you so that you can see each position just in a map, uh, the minimum. So for example, if you're up and you're choosing between kind of a defensive interior or an edge rusher, you, you can look right there, right? It's going to say your roster has five defensive interior players. You only have four edge rushers. So maybe that helps you make a decision, right? So that's what we're trying to do. Just give you the information so that you don't have to go look in all these different places. It's going to be there for you. And then if you're on a rookie draft and you go to the roster page, your roster will be there, right? So it's not just going to show the rookie players that you draft. It'll also show your entire roster so that you can then just, again, go through and say, you know, maybe, yes, you have five defensive interiors and four edge rushers, but maybe you have Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons, and then you're looking at your defensive interiors and your best guy's Kenny Clark, and there's nothing behind that. So you decide maybe you want to take the shot on the defensive interior. So again, just trying to give you more ways where you can access information as easily as possible without having to click through different pages. Ray, just stop in there for a second. Anything you want to add? Also, just when it comes to overall selection of players, um, we do have a much easier right now. You can toggle between ADP and all 22 rankings and draft order uh, for the rookies. So uh, just another way, again, if you're wondering what the consensus is versus what you might be thinking or how it matches up with your team needs, so you kind of play the draft a little bit. and you know, Everyone kind of has that point in the middle of a rookie draft where they're like, okay, can I wait on this player another 10 picks or do I have to go and get him now even if it's not my biggest need? Um, you know, being able to sort of view those different 
those different rankings and lists can kind of help you make that decision. So uh, just some more information there to kind of help you play the draft as best you can uh, and in, in a way that's easy to digest as you're going through it. Yeah, I will say, right, it's such a smarter design now. I think people gave us such good feedback and we decided to try to include as much information as possible, but sometimes you could have information overload. So making the, the information smart and the, the way we present it to be smart was kind of the, the difficult task this offseason. But we think we did a really great job of that, you know, pat on the back to Ray, Bobby and myself, you know, it's, it's a small thing, but a little toggle, right? So you're not having to go to all these different places to sort information. It's just a little toggle. It shows you ADP in one sense, and then it shows you um, the all 22 ranking the next. So just a fun little thing there. Um, and then, yeah, new search capabilities. There's some more, right? So if you go into uh, the, uh, my screen is frozen, but if you go into the rosters page or the results uh, rosters tab or the results tab, there's this new way that you can sort information. You could sort it by team, the team that they're drafted to, or their NFL team, depending on which tab you're in. Uh, you could search it by player name and you could search it by position. So just, again, giving you a, a way to get granular with the information, get you the information you need quicker so that you can make the decision as quickly as you as you need to. What else there, Ray? What other things did we do? We also made a crap ton of trades in our <laughs> already completed rookie draft too. That's another thing. So I, I feel like the correlation here, because we had a couple of rookie drafts last year too from some legacy leagues. Uh, from you know the pre-public days, of course, and we noticed, especially this year in in the leagues that we've done a rookie draft already, there have been much more trades, and the owners were consistent. You know, there was no big change other than kind of how we just reformatted things and made it easier and user friendly uh, for everyone. And I think that allowed people to you know have the information they need to actually go out there and make some more trades and engage their their league mates, trying to make things happen. So it kind of resulted already in, in a more sort of interactive experience because I, I think everyone loves trades and fancy football, right? That's, that's what we're all here for. So um, I just think to kind of sum it all up, it's, it's, it's allowed users to make conscious decisions about, you know, team building, which is what we're all here for. So, um, you know, we, we love uh, the feedback we've received on it so far. Uh, and we still got plenty more rookie drafts for each of us to go through uh, throughout the summer. So excited for more to come. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, I don't have to sell you on dynasty, but for those people that haven't played dynasty before, this is the good part, right? Like doing the first year is fun, but it's that, Hey, my team, I did that initial draft and maybe I didn't hit it out of the park. How do I, how do I change it? Right. How do I, how am I as the GM going to make my team the best team possible? It starts in the draft, right? This is the fun part. And I think that's what we're seeing, right? These rookie drafts, people are starting to trade, starting to make more moves. I think leagues pick up steam as you start to get kind of that chemistry. So these are the best parts. Year two, year three, it only gets better from here. So, you know, if you were, if, if year one, maybe you were like, man, my team stunk. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. No, like give it year two, give it year three, because that's when you get to decide if you were, if you're, if you're up for it, right? If, are you the GM level guy? Can you actually make things happen? Can you handle the hot seat? Uh, that's that's the fun of this, right? That's why we built this game. The whole point is to be able to draft Paris Johnson in the first round of a rookie draft. You can't do that anywhere else. That's the whole point of this. You come into the summer going, I need a franchise tackle. I'm going to pick one in the first round of my of my all 22 draft, which is what I did, even though I had eight other offensive tackles on my roster. But, you know, Chris wants to play coy and bet me that I won't do it. So I'll just corner the market on young offensive tackles and let everyone else come to me with offers when they finally need one when the season comes around. 
if there was even a question that I wasn't taking Jack Campbell, like you're out of your mind. I was taking Jack Campbell, <laughs> sitting at 10, and I was taking Jack Campbell. So don't don't start with me. But let's jump into the season now. All right. So, you know, there's a lot of the offseason. There's a lot of things happening. And the biggest news of this week is at a position where all 22, we don't talk about it that much, but it is still important, right? It still counts for a big chunk of your, your grading every week. And that's running back. And that's Dalvin Cook getting released by the Minnesota Vikings. I almost said twins because that's the baseball team I'm on, but it was the Vikings. Um, Dalvin Cook getting released, right? Tell me about it. What does it mean? Yeah, so Dalvin Cook was uh, released. It's kind of been talked and brandied about for what seems to be the entire offseason at this point. Uh, finally happened. There was you know talk about a trade with Miami earlier on, and that never materialized. Vikings finally release him, and the scuttlebutt is, as we sit here on Sunday night, June uh, 11th that the dolphins are the heavy favorite. And so when you look at the, the fit, right, you go, okay, yeah, the dolphins, that's, that's, that is a great fit. The McDaniel offense is kind of uh, it's running back friendly. They have not just offensive weapons, but downfield offensive weapons with just dangerous speed that really isn't matched by any other offense in the league between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And so uh, that could open up, uh, you know, rushing lanes and and allow space for someone like Dalvin Cook to actually work, right? So it seems like a natural fit. But in reality, the Vikings were a pretty good fit too. They didn't have necessarily the downfield uh, game breakers to sort of allow the, the running game to breathe um, that Miami does. But as a team, the Dolphins were good for third best in the NFL as a team run block rate in 2022. Uh, but yet their team rushing grade overall was just 22nd in the NFL. And when you look at Dalvin Cook in particular, he had uh, per attempt 3.18 yards after contact, which is good for 16th in the league among running backs with, I think, I don't know, 60 carries or so throughout the season. Um, so certainly not bad, but when you hear Dalvin Cook, a lot of times you're expecting to see a you know a ranking in the top five when it comes to some of these metrics, which may have been the case back when he was you know a little bit in his younger days. We talk about this a lot with running backs, how 27, 28 is not the younger days for anyone anymore. He was also 24th in the league in breakaway percentage and 24th in the league uh, in elusive rating. Now, he was top 10 in the NFL in forced missed tackles overall in 22 with, uh, with 51. So that tells me he's still a savvy runner, a good runner, but he may not necessarily be the game breaker that he was, uh, you know, earlier on in his career. So if you put him in in, in situations where where it is a well blocked play and and he gets to the second level, he'll make the first man miss and he'll get extra yardage. But is he still that guy that can make that eight yard run and turn it into a thirty yard run or that twelve yard run into a fifty yard run? Uh, I'm not sure he's quite that guy anymore. And if he does go somewhere like the Dolphins, maybe they don't ask him to do that, right? Maybe that's what, you know, Devin Achan is for. And we've kind of seen them rotate backs throughout the years. Uh, so maybe this would be no different. And like we said, it's still a good landing fit for someone like Dalvin Cook. The Dolphins themselves were seventh in the league in run blocking in 2022 as a team, uh, but yet 24th overall in the NFL from a team rushing grade. So separate from the run blocking, which tells me they probably left some meat on the bone. They went out and got someone like Devin A-Chain. 
Dalvin Cook could probably go in there. Uh, again, be that savvy runner while may not take it 70, 80 yards anymore, can still make people miss and get some extra yardage, keep the offense moving, uh, and be a good fit. So I think that's that's where things are headed uh, with Dalvin Cook, but uh, we'll kind of see how things shake out here. But all the signs point to Dalvin Cook to Miami. It's kind of been talked about for a long time. And we'll see, I guess, how it ends up. Like we said, it's Sunday night here. Who knows how quickly things can move in the NFL. But um, I think there's still, if if that comes to fruition or whoever ends up getting Dalvin Cook is still getting a good quality running back and they're probably not ba- breaking the bank for him anymore, um, but just not the game breaker that you know sort of gets you to jump out of your seat like you may have been used to in Dalvin Cook's younger days. If you have Dalvin Cook, you probably want to hold on to him. You want to keep your Dalvin Cook shares, especially if you're a winning team, because he is going to be a top 10 back in all 22 when he's healthy, when he plays. Yes, he's on the older side. And you might be thinking, you know, this is the time to sell. This is the last time I'm going to be able to get a good return. But I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm out here trying to give more than a fifth round pick for a Dalvin Cook. I don't even know if I'd want to do that, to be completely honest. But if somebody's willing to give you a third or a fourth, maybe that's when you make the move. I think otherwise, keep him. He's a really good player. And yes, it's not the most important position, but it's a, it's a good position, right? Like it's, it's still a position that you need to do well in. Um, but I wanted to flip the conversation. Let's go on the defensive side of the ball now and talk about Frank Clark, who spent four years in Kansas City and now is going to Denver. Uh, and yes, his four years at Kansas City were disappointing. You know, he was hovering around that 60 PFF grade just about the entire time. And you know, on one side, it's like, hey, that was a super disappointing four years. On the other side, you hear things about his teammates like loving him there and wanting him back and thinking that he is an important part of that team. Now he goes to Denver where I think he gets to be more of a role player than anything else, right? They lose uh, Bradley Chubb, but they gain, you know, they gain more than that, right? So they get Frank Clark. They have a couple of young guys that are going to step up and start to become role players as well. I don't think the ask of Frank Clark in Denver is going to be the same that it was while he was in Kansas City. He played over 700 snaps almost every year that he was in Kansas City. So he had a big workload. Um, I think he could go to Denver and just be more of a veteran presence role player. And I think that's a really good fit for him, right? So Denver uh, last year was one of the best ranked defenses. Yes, Kansas City was too. But um, Denver, a coverage grade is one of the best in the, in the league at 89, right? You have you have Patrick Sertan, you have Justin Simmons back there. Uh, it just makes the job of a Frank Clark that much easier. And again, I think they're going to use him in a way that is going to allow him to be successful. And I think just, you know, yes, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, and now Sean Payton, he's had great coaches. Uh, but I think, I think Denver is going to be the place that really makes the most of him because they have that low value commitment. They're not paying him a ton of money. They can just ask him to be a role player. And I think that's, he's going to be successful in that. Do I think Frank Clark should be your number one or number two edge rusher that you should be relying on every week? Absolutely not. But I think he's a really good three or four to have. And in any week, if you have an injury to your one or two or there's a bye week, he's a guy that can fill in and get you a pretty decent grade. Um, if you look at his how he ended last year, uh, he, he did pretty well. So he had a 91 uh, PFF grade in week 15, then 67, 16. And then in week 17, he got up to a 71 so three weeks in a row with like pretty decent grades that, again, as a fill-in player, that's exactly what you want. So I think it's a good move for Denver. I think it's going to help them, but I think it could also be a good move for your All-22 team. 
Yeah, but Frank Clark has burned me once already. I'm out on him. He, uh, he was actually one of my inaugural draft picks uh, mm-hmm. back when we were doing this thing on an Excel sheet a few years ago. And so he's he's he was that kind of player where he would have a string of bad games. He would pop for like a 91 grade and then maybe do okay the week after. And you're like, oh, okay, good. He's figuring it out in midseason form. You know, maybe he was dealing with a little something early on in the year and he's back at it. And then he would just tank again. Um, the thing is, I agree overall with the idea that he is going to be more of a role player now. He's not going to be asked to do as much, and that's probably best for him at this stage. I'm just wondering if a role player for an NFL team is enough for your All-22 team, or are you get, is he going to be on the cusp of that snap minimum, even if it's at just 20 snaps uh, per week? is he going to be consistently hitting that or comfortably hitting that rather? Or is that something where he might miss and you have an auto sub regardless come, come into play at that point. And that just depends how deep you are at, at the position at that point. So he would be a bottom of the rotation type guy for me uh, more so than, Hey, here's my edge three. Um, I always like to try to carry four solid players at the edge position, at least that I feel good about week to week. Just because this is a game of attrition, there are a lot of injuries. Uh, things happen, and you're probably going to rely on those backups, quote-unquote, if you will, more than you think. So I would want Clark more so as part of a third wave, like a, you know, b- break the glass if you need it, than rounding out my top four, for example, at the edge position. That's wild. If you can get four edge rushers that you you feel comfortable that are all better than a Frank Clark, Good for you, man. Good for you. But that takes us to the next edge rusher. There's actually a couple guys we want to talk about. Rashawn Gary and Cooper Cup, guys that were dealing with nasty injuries from last season. But we're now hearing news, uh, and thanks to Legit Football for kind of keeping us in in the news, right? Every week or every day I get those morning emails that I love. Um, So I see the updates on Rashawn Gary and Cooper Cup, but let's start with Rashawn Gary, right? Green Bay Packer. Uh, they drafted him because he was this guy with a lot of raw skills, but didn't really show that production on the field when he was in Michigan uh, at college. And then in year three in 2021, we saw this massive breakout work. He had a defensive grade of 89 on the season, huge, huge year, right? And put him firmly in kind of that, that top 15 edge rusher category. Then he goes in 2022 and he was he was showing out to start the year, right? Just right where he left off. He had an 82.9 PFF grade before he got injured. And before he got injured, I was making arguments that maybe he needed to start being in that top 10, five discussion, right? Like he was up there with some of the best guys in the league. And then he goes down with a nasty knee injury, but he's coming back. So they are feeling confident that he's going to be back for week one. And if you ever Sean Gary, you have to be psyched about it. And yes, he is actually my third in one league. I got uh, Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, and I have Rashawn Gary. And Rashawn Gary, I was relying on quite a bit, right? There's There were some injuries a couple of years ago to Nick Bosa, and there's bye weeks. And guys, like you said, guys miss time, right? You, you're, you're dealing with a team just like an NFL team is where these guys go down, right? And you need to be prepared and you need to be deep. And Rashawn Gary was that for me, but I think he can be so much more than that. Um, and he was really so much more than that. He was a true edge one for some teams. So um, I'm super excited that he's going to be back. He's a great player and somebody that you definitely want to roster if you can. 
Remember so tell me why like, you tell me why you don't like him, right? Go ahead. <laughs> remember when he was like solely responsible for like the playoff Lenny big run or whatever, and in reality it wasn't anything special. It was just for Sean Gary getting completely walled off, like three gaps in the wrong direction, and then everybody was like, "Oh, Leonard Fournette's so good." Yeah, I, I still don't like him. Um, so Rashawn Gary is twenty five years old. He's going to play this season at twenty five years old. Look forward to him playing when he's twenty six years old. It's a November ACL injury. Yeah, it's great that he's practicing again, but I'm always shaky on someone coming back. What is that going to be? 10 months, nine and a half months back from an ACL tear. You always need at least that full year. There's always that ramp up period. And I think that's what you're going to see here. I think come late regular season or all 22 playoff time, you're going to start to see an uptick in, in his production and his grading. I don't think he's going to come out lighting the world on fire again, and, and you know, right off the bat in week one, there's going to be an adjustment period. You see it with, with all the great players that you know suffer in, ACL injuries, and they come back and they're, and they get back to form, but it's not from day one. It's not right away. I think that's what we're going to see here. Is he's he's going to be starting? He's going to be playing? He's going to be fine? He's not going to be terrible by any means, but we're not going to see the Rashawn Gary that we saw, at you know basically his peak. Uh, last year and and even in 2021 until late in the year for 2023 and then beyond that yeah i'm fine i'm all in that you know the pieces have come together right um he wasn't one of these players like you mentioned the pieces didn't all come together at michigan the traits were always there but he was he wasn't that guy that had it all together and was just a finished product when he came into the league he became that finished product in 2021 and carried it over into 2022 so he's become that guy and he will be that guy again. I would just think it's likely he's that guy around Thanksgiving and December of 2023, then September and week one, even though he's back on the field. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm excited to see him. You don't have to be excited to see him, but another guy is Cooper cup. Let's talk about Cooper cup. Uh, Cause it's a little bit of a more, there's a little more dynamics to it. He's going to be 30 for this season, right? He's going to be 30. He's coming off of a high ankle sprain, so it's not a knee. It's it's just a really really bad ankle sprain. Um, but he's looking good, right? He's back, uh, but he's not. So it's like thirty, but it's only an ankle sprain. But he's on the Rams this year, right? And they have nothing, right? So what can you expect from Cooper Cup? He was he's a top five player in his position when he's healthy, but all those other factors coming into it. So what do you think about Cooper Cup? Yeah, he was really good last year. So I came into this this episode like, well. Hey, he's 30. I'm not, not, I'm out. You know, like if I have him, cool. I'm probably starting him because I have him, but I'm not, I'm probably not going to get enough back in a trade. And I'm certainly not going to trade for him. I just, I just don't trade for 30 year old receivers, let alone 30 year old receivers with like the world's worst offensive line and a question mark, a quarterback health wise, too. Now, there's a lot that's just sort of, sort of shaky about his situation. Then when you just look at the player, you're like, wow, this guy is this guy is really good. I mean, high marks just right out of the gate last year until he got hurt. You see 83, 83, 80, 78, 66, 74, 77, 72. These are all really good weekly grades at a very high value position that is giving you a huge advantage in your weekly matchup, uh, you know, before he got hurt. And 
I don't think he's necessarily lost all of that in one offseason. And it's not like the Rams situation was great last year either before he got hurt. They were still, by the end of the first month of the year, the, the offensive line was already decimated. The, the operation as a whole was just bad. So he's still producing despite that. I just don't like 30-year-old receivers. So if I have him, I'm starting him. I'm just not trading for him, and I'm, prob- I'm probably not trading him away because I'm not getting – enough back i'm if i'm if i'm a contending team he might be the difference in some weeks that you know lead me to the playoffs and then eventually the championship game so he's a hold for me it's similar to like what we were just talking about dalvin cook right it's you're not going to get enough of a return on him for how good of a player he is right because of the age and because of the injuries you're not you're not but i also remember michael thomas a few years ago when yes he was hurt but the games that he came back and he played, he was their target, right? Like they, they, he, he had the whole team on his back those games, right? He was the only player on that team that was actually productive. Uh, James Winston was basically just throwing it to Michael Thomas every single time. I could see Cooper Cup having a similar kind of thing going on. Like, yes, I worry about the injuries and I need to see him stay healthy and stay on the field. But this really is his first significant injury in a, f- in a few years. And I think the team is so reliant on him and that whole offense is going to be relying on him, that he's going to be successful, right? So he's going to be successful. I'm starting him every single week. I don't have a problem if I'm if he's on my team. And honestly, I'm probably not even trying to trade him if he's on my team because I want to win. For every oft-injured 30-plus-year-old wide receiver, there's a just the first injury. I'm just saying. It happened with Julio. You know, it happened with – I don't even think Des was 30 at the time. He was probably even younger than that. But – it, it does happen pretty quickly. So there's there's always that cliff you have to be aware of where you're like, ah, it was just one thing and he was really good just before. So, you know, I can't just toss him away and then it happens. So I'm not saying that's what's going to happen here, but mm-hmm. we've seen receivers who were at the top of the league fall off that cliff around this time with some similar like, oh, it's his ankle and then it's a little knee sprain here and a little something here. And then next thing you know, you're just looking at, uh, you know, poor Julio Jones getting some cardio with with the Bucks or something. So, just something to keep in mind. Like, like I said, you can't you can't sell. You can't sell. Mm, you can't. But you know, you, you just got to hold on for the ride and hope for the best. Yeah, and something like we you don't talk about a lot, right? But Cooper Cup, I think he played four years in college, but played like all of the four years in college. And didn't he like set the receiving record or something for college? Like. He was ultra productive in college, but it also means that he has that much more wear and tear on his body than some mm-hmm. other guys would have at his age. So yeah. the wear and tear on Cooper Cup might be real at this point in time. Yeah, it feels like he's been 30 for two and a half years already, So, but now he's actually 30, so it's just one of those Yes, days. but at the same time, like the guys <laughs> he was drafted with are like 27. Like yeah. he, he was a, like he got into the league late, right? Because he played at Eastern Washington. So he, it's, it's a weird balancing act for him, but it'll be fun to follow. And again, start him if you have him. Next item on the agenda, the commanders are listening to trade offers on Chase Young. What do you think? Do you have Chase Young in any of your leagues? Absolutely not. Okay. That was emphatic. I have him in one. I am not listening to trade offers for him, or at least I was not. This is the time of year where we should be hearing optimism 
coming out of Washington about Chase Young, right? Mm. He had the ACL tear late 2021, week 10, 2021. We kind of were actually talked about this timeline a few minutes ago with Rashawn Gary, right? He spent 2022 uh, not, not fully himself, right? And, and kind of getting back to form and it was understood. He missed almost the entire year, but this is now a full year plus removed from the ACL tear. We're supposed to be hearing reports about him looking good and getting back to form and can't wait to have him. I mean, we talked a few episodes ago about some of the interior defensive line additions for Washington and how we could be excited about them if they have another strong edge presence back in someone like Chase Young kind of helping them along that front. And now Washington's like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll listen to some offers. He's, he's available. That doesn't, that's, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, you know, we don't have the medicals. We, we don't, you know, we're not inside the building. So we just have to go by what we see, right? Believe half of what you hear, all of what you see. But if what we're hearing is true and if what we see matches up with the rumors out there of them listening to offers, I'm not as optimistic about Chase Young and I don't know how one could be. Not every ACL tear A is the same or B comes back just because it's 2023 and you know it's not the 90s anymore where it's a death sentence for your career. Some guys still are never the same. And if a team like Washington is looking to trade Chase Young or at least open to it at this point, that might be an indicator that he's one of those situations where it's just not the same guy once he comes back. And that would be awful for, yeah, that one league that I have him in, but just in general, because the league is better when you have elite pass rushers just screaming around the edge, coming after these quarterbacks who have gotten way too comfortable nowadays. So, yeah, it, it was emphatic. I'm not a Chase Young guy. I never have been uh, because I thought that, like, I didn't see it as much on film as the hype that I was hearing, right? Like, it didn't translate in my mind when I watched him play football. But I will try to defend him a little bit where I think a few things should be said. One, every game that he's played healthy, he's been good. It's not like he's a bad football player. He's just injured all the time, right? So that's like, he is a good football player when he plays football. Two, if you were in Washington, how motivated would you feel, right? Like this is a team that has been a mess for his entire career in Washington, right? Not only on the field, but as an organization, it has been an absolute mess. We were calling them the football team for a year, right? Like this is a team that didn't have a name. So how motivated is Chase Young to, you know, how do you buy into the culture and feel motivated to try to go out there and win if the team isn't trying to win with you? I think that's another piece of it, right? And then the third thing I'd say is there are a lot of talented players on that front, and I wonder if his role just isn't a role that stands out as much as it could be if he was more relied on on a team that would need to rely on him more, right? So if he goes to a team that he is the focal point, is he that much more successful and does he look that much better? Again, I'm not the guy. I'm not the Chase Young guy, but I think all of those things are somewhat valid. If you got drafted by the Packers and they went 5-11 and 11 or 5-12 and 12 now, mm-hmm. you would be motivated, would you not? It's your, it's your childhood team. Chase Young is from the D.C. area. He went, this guy went to DeMatha High School. This is his hometown team. 
The football team was his hometown team. The football team was. Don't, don't make me. I don't know if I could say the the previous name anymore. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't have to. But it's like <laughs> it's it's a mess. It's a mess of he's an organization. Home. He's home. Like I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's just it's just give. It's it's not good vibes. It's not good vibes. And so if a team gives up, I don't know a second round pick for him, like. I don't know. I don't know if they're getting the same guy. And I don't know if we have a way of knowing that they're getting the same guy until we see him out on the field. So might be a sell for me. Like there's, you know, there's, there's some good edge rushers that have come in the league recently, some young guys. And, you know, while there hasn't been a, I think we talked about this, right. Uh, At least in our opinion, or at least in my opinion, I'll speak for myself. Like in this most recent draft class, there wasn't a miles Garrett, so to speak like that level of talent, but, We've had two relatively deep edge classes in a row. There's a lot of good young edge players out there where you might not get the ceiling of what was potentially 100% Chase Young, but you're not carrying this risk right now either. And you have someone that's reliable and doesn't have the injury history and worry about the body breaking down or where he's even going to be playing in a few months. So if someone still loves him and they want to send me an offer, I'm I'm going to listen to it and it's probably going to be a pretty decent offer because I can totally see and understand why he still has some big fans of his game out there, but it's not good think, vibes. Think about it. If you're like the chiefs, right? Like you've two years in a row now have spent a late first round pick on an edge rusher and it's George Karloftis. And I'm blanking on the guy they drafted this year, but you know, it's, it's yeah, Felix uh, FAU FAU is an FAU. Yeah. Right, right nobody I'm super excited about, right? It's just, it's guys that are going to be role players on a defense that is a role player to the offense, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's two parts separated from being something that is impactful. So you're telling me that you wouldn't, if you are the Chiefs, trade next year's FAU or George, George Karloftis for maybe a year or two of Chase Young, right? Like, I think I'd rather have Chase Young for the 32nd overall pick um, than, than a George Karloftis because a Chase Young, when he's on the field, which might be rare, is going to be a very, very impactful player for your organization. No, I don't want to have to pay him. I absolutely don't want to have to pay him. But I think he's under a rookie contract for another year, and then you have a fifth-year option. Or did they already decline? Yeah, that, that so was, yeah I think that was already declined, so this is it. Uh, they should have picked it up. That was so stupid. I think for an edge player, you should, right? Yes. But that's the that's the other thing that goes back to the point, right? They didn't even, they didn't pick up the fifth year option, which is normally a pretty low risk move. You don't have to be in love with a guy to just pick up the option. Tells me more about the organization than the player. Mm, okay. So if you're the GM, remember the the guys look at your you know the players that you pick. They want to be happy there. You know, give them a good environment. Make sure you have a good medical team, right? They they rate you on that. They, they they do rate you on <laughs> that. That is a thing. Uh, I think the Cardinals might have some changes they have to make. But uh, yeah, <laughs> good point. So I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see how it ends up. It's you know, I, I wonder if it's going to be one of those things where we wake up and it's like you know, you turn on the TV in the morning and Ian Rappaport's there talking about a trade to the Steelers or something with with Chase Young. And I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see how it plays out. For sure. All right. We have one more team to talk about. And you mentioned the Steelers. So it's Joey Porter Jr. Uh, Patrick Peterson said, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but he basically said, 
I could see this guy being better than I was. If you if you watch football and you know Patrick Peterson, like that is a very high bar to set. So, are we buying? No. And now, if if Al Harris said that, I'd be like, yeah, cool. That's that's great. I could t- I could see it. I could see it. You know, we'll talk smack about Al. Fred- no. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, same type of player, physical, like, yeah. Patrick Peterson was, is, I, I've said the term before, a unicorn prospect. I've, mm-hmm. I've said it about quarterbacks for the most part, but Patrick Peterson was a unicorn cornerback prospect. In reality, if you look back over the last, is it 13 years now, or say 15 years or so, you know, him and Jalen Ramsey were the two prospects coming into the league at the cornerback position that just separated themselves from everybody else. There are plenty of very good cornerback prospects that have come into the league since then, but those two are just in a tier of their own true. If you want to use the term generational type talents, I think those are the two. So if you take Joey Porter jr, who had, who definitely went way too late in the draft, he should not have gone 32nd overall. Um, but still to compare him to that, uh, it, it's one of those, Hey, it's, it's the off season and everybody's happy and excited and optimistic. Um, it's, it, you, if you have, you know, if you had a rookie draft already or a startup draft and you kind of drafted Joey Porter jr. As a late player that you're excited about, it's great to see you kind of file in with, with the good news and, you know, with what you felt good about him going in regardless, uh, and take it for what it is, but don't be like, Oh yeah, great. I just got myself like the best corner in the league for the next seven years. Cause uh, you know, just tap the brakes a little bit. Smart player has a great frame, good tools. Um, but we had an episode where we really kind of dove deep into his game, and there's still some things to work on there, even when it comes to his strengths as a player in press coverage and some of the technical aspects of that that he still has to improve, which is normal, and he very likely will. Um, so it's not necessarily sliding him as a prospect. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's a June quote. It's a June quote is what it is for sure. And I think, I think he got, he gets overshadowed a bit because of how good this cornerback class was, but Joey Porter jr. Does have the tools to be a very good corner in the league, right? He can be a top corner in this league. If he just develops some of the things that he was lacking talking about press, I was talking about my thing with him was just finishing plays, right? He was always in great position, but he didn't always go and finish the play. Right. So that was, that was it for me, but you know, I, I like him in this Steelers defense. One, it's a place he's comfortable, right? He's got the family ties. That's cool and all. But it's also a team that has a really good front, defensive front. So it takes a little bit of pressure off of him and allows him to take a little bit of pressure off of those guys. So I'm excited about him there in Pittsburgh. And also just, you know, again, in our rookie draft, the first one that we ran, he went uh, middle of the third round. So we're talking about a guy that you can potentially get you know, I'd say he's probably a late second, early third guy, but he went in the middle of the third round in our draft. Um, go get him. Like, absolutely go get him at that spot. That is a great place to get what could be an impact corner for 10 years. Yeah, got to rep, you know, so rep the way <laughs> are. All right, relax. <laughs> You you put him in the agenda. You know you wanted to talk about him. I thought it was a cool quote. I mean, if Patrick Peterson was saying anything about me, I'd put it I'd put it front and center too. Yeah, he wouldn't be able to say that about me because I, my head would get so big. I would <laughs> yeah forget about it. I would like skip the next week next week's workouts. It's like now nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'd ask for a raise immediately. <laughs>
But that's, I think that's all we got. So Ray, I want you to get that thing back on the screen, add that thing to the screen because we are shouting it from the rooftops again. You only have a few more days to do it. Use promo code season two for 80% off of your all 22 membership for 2023. This is not going to happen again this off season. So if you want that 80% off, do it now. Do not wait, get in a league, go pick up an orphan if you're scared and and hang out with some german people because they're super cool <laughs> um so sign up with promo code again season two no spaces all caps um we want you in here and we want you in here as quickly as you can and thank you so much for tuning in, in tuning in if you haven't yet please give us a follow on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok at all 22 underscore pff and leave us a review wherever you listen or watch your podcast and thanks so much for tuning in I'm a ghost.